and welcome to Click Click Bang Bang, a photography podcast. And we have hit that moment, Mez. Oh my God, what? It's our season finale. Oh my God, most people end a season on like episode 12, episode 20. <laughs> For us, it's episode 16. Oh, 17, actually. Last week was 16. Yeah, we've gone way past that. We thought it'd be fun to kind of look back at uh, our first ever season of uh, Click Bang Bang and figure out what you know what were the highs, what, what were the lows were, and some of the major global events that have happened in between yes. all of this. And, yeah. So much has gone down. Let's get into it. So much. Let's do it. So Tobes, we've decided to end our first season yeah. because we want to like change directions a bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I guess we, you know, the first season was all about learning and figuring out what the hell we were, we were doing. I think it was, yeah. our first episode was called What the Hell, what the hell, what the hell is, is This, this about? or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's fair to say we have learnt an awful lot over the past, what's it been, six months or so? Or No, it's been way longer. A bit longer than that, has it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, we've been through so much, Toby. We've been through bushfires. Oh, my God. We've been through a pandemic. <laughs> and now it's we're going through global ridiculous. political change. I know, right? It's like we've sparked this whole global yeah it was us it yeah, was us, i think we, Look, uh, you know i think a few, um, <laughs> a few key people in the globe have listened in and thought fuck i've got to shake things up <laughs> <laughs> was really that episode about like comparison complex that got people really thinking <laughs> oh god it was something like that but um but yeah i mean i think there's that's obviously been a huge learning curve for us and we really you know we haven't had we're not in the millions by any means in terms of listeners, but for those of you that, that have listened, we really appreciate you tuning in each each Super fortnight. And, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're doing something that you like, which is great. And, you know, we're, we're obviously able to look back and we've gone over the thousand mark now with our listeners. So that's really yeah, encouraging. We're and yeah, so we're, we're pretty happy about that. So we're just going to keep on going. But I guess I wanted to kind of look back and talk about some of the things that really have resonated with some of our listeners. And one of yeah. the one of the early episodes we did was all about, you know, giving people some information about what they should be charging if they're in yes. the photography or visual arts uh, industry and they're kind of a bit concerned about, you know, well, I've, I'm being asked to do this gig, but I've got no idea what to what to charge people. And I think that kind of stuff really worked, hey. Oh, my God. I think it, people needed it. And that's not to say that, like, our word is gospel and no, of course. this is our set pricing and yeah, you must yeah. follow this. Da, da, da. The, the uh, two episodes were more about, you know, like valuing yourself mm-hmm. as a trade mm-hmm. and charging accordingly and charging what you're worth. And I think for me, like, personally, and I guess I know for you too, Toby, if I can speak for you, but one of the main reasons for doing that episode was to get more information out there into the industry so mm. people can, you know, start really charging appropriately because, you know, the, the way the industry's going, it's just going downhill in terms yeah. of the ability to make money. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you were telling me a story earlier today about, you know, some something that came off the back of that in a discussion that you were in online and you kind of mentioned that episode. And that kind of brought home to me the fact that, you know, not enough people are talking about this stuff and that's why we end up with this massive you know uh, disparity between you know what's a good price what's not a good price somewhere in between blah 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 no one knows what the hell totally is what anymore and it's kind of like well that's a real problem for for the industry it is and it's a real problem for people coming up through the industry as Mm. an emerging photographer especially like they don't have that experience to know what to charge and they're looking to you know other photographers for help and to be honest they're getting like 
stonewalled. Like yeah. a lot of photographers out there don't want to share with other photographers what they charge and why they charge that. There's a lot of secrecy going on. And yep. I think that, you know, our whole reason for doing those episodes is just to have a bit more like open conversation to each other and a bit more clarity about like, you know, where we sit as an industry. I mean, if the goddamn petrol companies are doing it, <laughs> well, we yeah. can do it. Exactly. And it's most industries are quite open about, you know, yep. what's a fair price for, for that particular service. You think about tradies, all those yep. kinds of kinds of different different things. And I think it becomes particularly difficult when you're freelancing and photography is a very much a freelance game these days. You sure. know, there are not many full-time employed uh, photographers, even in media industries anymore. Most people are coming in as stringers or whatever. Yeah. So it becomes really difficult to figure out what the hell you're supposed to be earning. It does. It's just a nightmare. And it's it's definitely a question that I wanted to ask when we first stepped into this this whole thing. A hundred percent. And like the only reason, like it's taken me a long time in my career to work out like what I'm worth Mm. and to feel comfortable charging, you know, what I want to charge. But yeah, like online I had, there was a question that went out online in, in one of the freelance groups about, you know, I'm a photographer, I'm doing X job. I don't know what to charge. And I was just like, okay, email me or I'll answer here. This is what you should be charging in this range. Da, 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 da. And from that, I had so many people contacting me <laughs> being like, can you help me with charging? And and one of the, the people I was helping was like, I cannot believe you're giving me all this information. I was even giving them like my licensing agreements. I'm like, just change <laughs> right. my name and your name and the client name. And they're like, I can't, why are you doing this? And yeah. I'm like, and I, I said, this is exactly what I said. I'm like, I'm doing this because you're not my competition. Yeah. We're a community and at the end of the day, if you and I are going for the same job, I want you to get that job because you're a better photographer than me, not because you undercut me and they're going with you because you're cheaper. Exactly. Exactly. Don't undersell yourself. No, no. Regardless of your talent or or your perceived talent or or otherwise, charge for your time. Charge a fair price, you know. Like the, the, the results that you achieve might not be what a client particularly wanted, but it doesn't matter. You still charge the same for that service. It's no, it's it's no different. You're putting in your time and effort um, for, for for somebody, and and you need to be, you know, adequately reimbursed for that. Exactly, and I think that's where a lot of people get lost is because they place their charging on their self worth. Yes. And they have a hard time, especially as someone in the arts, they have a hard time like feeling confident about their self-worth and their work because it is like all of our work is so different. Like I'll shoot something completely different to you, but if we're both plumbers, well, we're going to probably fix the toilet the same way. Yeah, true. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think people find that really hard to do. And I I think that's why those two episodes really resonated with people. And we have so so far to go in this industry about like educating each other and getting some kind of like you know mainstream consensus about what we need to be charging so our industry doesn't die in the ass to internet photographers and you know and like i don't want people out there starting out making $400 a shoot. Yeah. That's nothing. You cannot live on that. Yeah. I yeah. want people to be making a good living out of what we do. I think my favorite thing from that episode was that, <laughs> that quote we got from that guy that, you know, became a bit of a shtick for, for us was the, uh, was the, the really, guy? really, really professional photographers like, out there. You pay, like, what was it? Well, here, let's put it on, put it on. <laughs> let's play it. I feel like photographers are very expensive, especially the really professional ones. <laughs> Are you serious? 
Yeah, I mean, like when you're having <laughs> attitudes like that, you know, out there in the public, it's a classic moment. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's. But endemic of what we've all been through, basically. Yeah, hundred percent. And fucked. at the moment, you know, I'm sort of like I'm thinking about you know reestablishing a new type of photography business because obviously, like what I mostly shoot is events and community events, and yeah. that's not really a thing at the moment. Uh, yeah. Especially thanks. the level that I was shooting at. I mean, the last thing I was shooting was F1, and I had to like go home <laughs> a day in. So it's like, thanks, oh, okay. COVID. <laughs> thanks, COVID. So I'm like trying to like I'm thinking about going into like a type of portraiture and I've been asking just like random people on the street like doing market research like what do you think this would be worth yeah I've seen all your kind of I know. quizzical things on Facebook no but I'm like stopping people on the street now and asking <laughs> them like what would you pay for this and some of the answers what are you, I've been what are you asking specifically? fucking shocked so I'm thinking about getting into like pet photography because oh, right. <laughs> I really like animals and I feel like it could be a really good like side hustle yeah um because obviously like i have my main business uh, and i'll keep doing that but i want this to be like a sort of supplementary income and so i've been asking people on the street like who have like dogs and stuff i'm like would you get an amazing portrait of your animal and they're like yes i bet most of them would right 100 percent, of course they would and then like some people i'm like what do you think you would pay for that and some people are like 150 dollars and i'm like you're fucking high. Use your phone. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's still like a long way to go in terms of like educating like the public. Oh, God. What photography is worth. Massively. Like professional photography. Yeah. Like what that is worth. And yeah. I don't know how we do that, Toby. I think that's really tricky, to be honest, because so everyone's a freaking photographer these days, you know, like... It's, yeah, it doesn't help. I mean, it's great that everyone has, you know, these fancy phones that do these fancy shots and they've all got 25 lenses on the back portrait of Portrait mode, portrait mode. Phone or camera or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, portrait mode, blur, extra blur, blah, blah, blah. It, there's obviously, there's it's a good thing that people are, are able to, 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 to do that and take it up as a hobby or whatever, you know. I mean, I've seen some incredible work on on from through mobile photography from people that kind of know sure, what they're doing yeah. um but by the same token the fact that it has become so accessible is a problem for those of us that do do it professionally because everyone thinks well i could do that you know or i, I yeah. could i could take that photo myself you know like what's the big deal like, blah, totally. blah, 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 blah. people don't really understand the finer points of the uh, of the craft. I that's guess you very say. true, and that's definitely like a theme that we touched on in so many episodes throughout the year. Yeah. Was like this dilution of the quality of work out yes. there. Yeah. Like when you see as a consumer, where when you see so much photography mm. online every single day, and it's, and clients as well. When clients see so much visual information all day, every day. Mm. The quality that they will then expect in their commercial shoots is so much less these days. Oh, my God, totally. So they are willing to go for those cheaper photographers who don't have as much experience. Yeah. Therefore, it equals a, you know, like I'm not saying a bad shoot or anything like that, but definitely not to the level that you would expect. No, of course. And for the most part, a lot of these companies will just ask an existing member of staff to pick up a camera and shoot this will you you, yeah. you know like just come along and take some snaps yeah which is essentially what they're doing 100 percent. they're just taking a couple of snaps or they're like going straight onto like stock photography websites yeah. and just using that kind of work yeah, yeah. like i don't know if you feel the same like whenever i'm watching like tv or i'm online and i see online advertising or advertising on the television even with video i'm like who the fuck shot that that is horrific well you know what's worrying me now off the back of this whole covid thing is the fact that everyone now has become so accustomed to seeing 
poor video quality through Zoom calls and people presenting TV shows via Zoom or YouTube or whatever, that that will now become a bit of a norm. And those high standards of of those high production values that, that we've had for you know, some considerable amount of time now in, 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 in when it comes to broadcast television, mm. it's just all been washed down the toilet like, yeah. you know. That's co- a good point. Like, like, like it, it's just, yeah, it's kind of a, a shame. And, and that can directly relate to job loss because, for example, like if we're talking yeah. about the news or something like that, or like the, m- the morning shows, if they want to interview a member of the public, there's a story about them, yeah. you know, they might have sent a cameraman, a sound recordist and a producer to go to their house or whatever at, or place of work and interview them. Now they might just jump on yeah. a Zoom call with them. Of course, yeah. A couple and of, the, yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, that's been happening for a long time with, with news events in particular. You know, mm. Most news organisations will be happy to use mobile phone footage from a couple of people that happen to be somewhere yeah. without you know, doing anything extra or sending someone out there to get the, the full story or whatever it might be. Yeah. They'll just go with that vanilla first grab and Mm. then that's it you you get no more from it so no that's true and there's actually a really good example of that that i saw this week oh yeah uh with everything that's going on in america with the the protests the uprising the uprising of the people um there was i don't know if you saw there was like this sort of thing um going on where uh high school students who were supposed to be graduating because they can't have graduation gets covid were going down to the protests Af- this African-American students yeah. who were graduating high school right. and taking graduation photos like in their robes with their d- high school diplomas in front of in the protests. In front what? of the protests. Really? Yeah. No, but like it looked really good. <laughs> that was such a weird concept. No, it, it looked really – It w- that's the thing. It was this massive juxtaposition. It was just like – it was f- like fucking insane. Like it, and it, So it started with one photographer was doing it and I, I can't remember the name of this photographer, but I will find it out and put it in the show notes. Hmm. And he took this amazing shot of these two gentlemen in like dark red robes and they're holding their diplomas up and there's just like this fucking insane scene with like fire going – on behind them it's like crazy right amazing sort of went a bit viral but then other people started doing it and it was just like people taking iphone iphone photos and then i was seeing on twitter (laughs) that some big like media organizations were wanting to use the photos and they were asking like the amateur like photographers instead of like the professional and the professional shot was like taken by a photojournalist was like fucking yeah, amazing yeah, of course the other ones were really like they were interesting and stuff but it's just that's okay well why would we pay the professional photojournalist to license the image when we can just ask joe blow on the street can we use yours for free and they'll say yes because of course they'll say yes and not only that but because of that professional they have a reference to copy exactly so it becomes even easier oh my and, god 100 percent. and it's yeah it's a bit it's a bit crazy and it is a concern definitely particularly with the video thing for you know for my industry which is obviously a lot of video and tv stuff mm. that lack of quality is a real thing now and it's like you know people have been presenting full news programs from home and all this other stuff so think of the amount of production stuff that's going to you know oh we don't need you anymore yeah we've shown that we can do this without you guys so fuck off it'll be know, interesting like, to see like what the media landscape is i hope it doesn't go down like. the road i hope, I hope it, it doesn't either. i hope it comes back to to what it always was i think it I think it needs to, to be honest, because yeah. we'll all get very bored of that totally. very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> you know, imagine. we did one thing that um, I think, you know, looking back at the season, uh, you know, and we did an episode about the Australian bushfires. We did an episode yeah. about COVID. God, so much has happened. Then. I know so much has happened. But I think like these massive events of 2020, to me, like have cemented why it's so important to have 
like uh, proper oh. photo and video journalists Absolutely. on star. Yeah, yeah. To produce a a higher quality, more in depth look at these situations yeah. and these things going on. Absolutely, and there's so much of it now. I mean, we did a huge thing about the bushfires, obviously, when that happened earlier this year, and that was a real. We thought at the time, <laughs> at the time, we thought that was a huge, huge news story, and of course it was. Well, I'm it was not, massive, not wishing yeah. wishing to dilute that in in any way, but what's followed has been you know, equally, equally huge. And the whole, you know, the coronavirus pandemic is, is something that's affected everyone uh, around the world, rich, mm. poor, somewhere in between, whatever. And regardless of the of the work you do, and, and it was kind of encouraging for us to see that even in the midst of such a, a locked down society that people were still coming up with creative ideas yeah. to, you know, demonstrate what, what we're going through. And that will all be part of a historical record in years to come and, and that's one of the number one things that photography has always been you know such a valuable uh, resource is for moments like this as you said you know the, the the scale of these huge events that are happening right now with COVID-19 the bushfires the, the George Floyd protests and the protests here around you know Aboriginal deaths in custody and all that yeah. sort of stuff are driven by visual 100%. Uh, visceral moments that people can see and and, yeah. and, you know, be drawn emotionally t- towards and whether that emotion is good, bad or, or indifferent, yeah. it's so important. And, you know, we can't, we'll never lose that. And that's, you know, that that's the one positive thing about this industry is that there will always be a need for it, I think. Yeah, it's just whether people are going to pay for that need or not. <laughs> but then I guess the whole flip side of it is like there is that balance that is really important to have like um, citizen journalism going on at the yeah. same time because obviously we yeah. would never have seen some of those moments from the bushfire. Well, George Floyd, We, we never example. would have seen what happened to, to George. Like we never would have seen it. No, no. No, yeah, if it wasn't for citizen journalism. And that's what I was saying before. And that's the the one good thing about the fact that people, everyone has a camera in their hand now. Yeah. Is for moments like that, so fucking important. You can't, yeah. you, you, you can't over or underestimate that fact. I mean. Absolutely. Without that video, those cops would probably not have even been charged with yeah. what they've been charged no with. way and like same with the sort of viral video that came out i think the day before of the woman in the park in central park yeah, yeah. The, like if that guy who she was like calling the cops on like didn't video her yeah so like you know that this is like a real moment in time for the camera and like how <laughs> yeah. tech how technology has made it so that because really, you're not carrying a phone. You're carrying yeah. a camera in your pocket. Yeah. No like one, that's what it is. No now. one buys a, a phone for the fact that it's a phone, phone anymore. No, it's all about the camera. No, and like and like Safari is the same on every single phone, or Google Chrome, same on every phone. So you're buying a phone for the camera, of right? You are. That's exactly that's what how they you're market doing. these. That's how they market things. them exactly. <laughs> Night and, mode. Yeah, and so how <laughs> important everyone being able to like have that visual language as yeah. part as part of their language as part of you know how they choose to communicate to the world is so important and i just i don't know it kind of blows my mind when i think about it to oh, be honest and will huge. this be this huge changing moment where it's like motherfuckers like we'll film you yeah like we no matter yeah. what you're doing it doesn't matter if it's the police or whatever like even like shit at school like when kids are beating the shit out of each other now we're going to film you and you cannot get away with all this shit you're mm. fucking doing. Mm. That's the good side of it, definitely. 
definitely. And let's, you know, let's hope that continues. But you're right. How do we ensure that, you know, those doing this for a living mm. continue to make a living from, from you know, visual visual journalism or visual work generally? It's a, it is a really... It's tough. It's a difficult question to answer. But, you know, we might we might dig into that with in, in season two when we, when we hope to speak to, you know, yes. a few people. Because we were going to give you a little bit of a preview i suppose of uh, of what we're thinking of doing for, for yeah. season two well you sort of like said you came up with this great idea that okay let's <laughs> well wow, it's not like stop me it. Oh, stop it stop it <laughs> you sort of said to me because we're always like okay well how do we start weaving in like more interviews yeah. and stuff like that because we kind of get on tangents and we get really passionate about things as the last 20 it. minutes we'll just demonstrate <laughs> yeah and also like we wanted to start doing artist interviews ages ago and then fucking covid hit yeah like, it was always ago. part of the plan yeah it was always part of the plan so yeah you sort of came up with this cool idea that maybe our second season could be like artist interviews yeah so yeah, yeah. so look we've got well, we've already started listing, you know, our, our, our we've got a wish list of guests. We're not oh going to, we're not going to reveal who they are at this point. But, yeah. you know, the hope is, is that we can pull some of these people into the, into the studio with us and, and speak to, to us about, you know, their, their work. And the, the list of guests we've kind of been working on is very varied. And it's, we're not yeah. just talking to photographers no. or we're not just talking to, you know, a particular set of people. We want to really broaden this out to, People that shoot for a living and hold the cameras, but also people that rely on on the people that hold the cameras and yeah. people that do vi- uh, video, TV, all sorts of different things. There are so many um, little avenues that we can go down. So I'm really excited about it. Me too. I'm really stoked. So there's like some funny stuff that kind of happens like <laughs> before we like go to air, quote Is unquote. There? there is because like because we've known each other for so long we're like loose units there's we do we there's some pretty funny outtakes very funny and all of which all of which we've strangely decided to record yeah because i think that shit's gold man so, so yeah. some of them you've probably heard like it as easter eggs at the end of some of the shows but like there's some there's some pretty good ones so yeah. let, let here's like uh, let's here's like sign a few off. of our funny moments let's sign off with some <laughs> comedy and look we'll see you next season cannot wait cannot wait guys bye no no not that i've been watching a lot of peaky blinders a lot a lot of peaky blinders and i now sound like i come from birmingham tobes today i'm going to tell you about the time i saw annie Leibovitz in the no. hornsby westfield what the fuck was she doing at the hornsby westfield <laughs> <laughs> Of all places. So this was like years ago. I was still studying photography, I think. And she was doing like a talk at the MCA, I think. Yeah, right. And so she was in town. But I didn't know that. So, (laughs) you know, I don't know she's in town. I don't know she's in Australia. I used to work in Hornsby. And I'm walking, just finished my shift, and I'm walking through the Hornsby Westfield, and I see a very tall blonde woman who appears to be lost. Where am I going? <laughs> kind of look on her face. And I go, shit, that woman looks like Annie Leibovitz. Like, exactly. And then I'm like, but it can't be Annie Leibovitz because I'm in Hornsby Westfield. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. and and it just kind of stuck with me in my head. And so that night I Googled like 
what is Annie Leibovitz doing now? And it was like, Annie Leibovitz is in Sydney. <laughs> and I was like, holy, holy fuck, shit. that was Annie Leibovitz. And I didn't fucking say anything. What would you have said if you know, if it was a different, um, if you thought it was her? Um, are you Annie Leibovitz? <laughs> and then let's say she went, uh, um, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, I don't know how the fuck she would say it. I don't uh-huh. know. I would have been like, because I was young and I was studying photography. I would have been like, I'm studying photography. Like, do you have any advice for me or a job? Like, that's probably what I would have said. A job. Yeah. I'd be like, I've got a passport. I can come to America. Honestly, that's what that's I would have crazy. said. I know. What would you have said? I've got no idea. Like, do you like her? Not really. Um <gasps> I told, I told, I told, I told him, don't you, don't you touch the dog. Don't you touch the dog. I only said to blow the bloody doors. I only said to blow the bloody doors. Have a crack. Um, you, don't, you don't need to read something. No, I know, you but don't what do you normally say? <laughs> you know what it's called? Oh, yeah. CC Podcast. CCB Big Podcast. Bang, bang. We'll see y'all soon. Because <laughs> you said it wrong. You said CC Podcast. <laughs> Just because I think there's a few. Okay. There's some little like. Check, check. One, two, talk. Toby, talk to me. Talk to me. Hello. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, do you want to. do an intro. Oh, I don't know. Do you want to do it? Do you want me to do it? What do you want? Oh, you should do this. Oh, okay. Um. I've totally like forgotten what we say. <laughs> testing, testing. One, two, three. Would you use this? Would you use that? You know what? What? Can I cut you off here? Mm. I feel like we can do this better. Like, I've got to get up Jose Villa because I've got to know how to pronounce that chick's name. Love it. I don't want to sound like some super Caucasian fucking chick what trying chick? to. Priyanka Chopra. God, you're good. We think we might have fixed. Yeah, we honestly, as soon as we called you, we fixed it. I think you've done it, bad jingo. Like we little, but I did that before. It's remember, like and it call, didn't fucking but do it's it. It's like when you call IT. It's like when you call IT, and then and it it's starts like, working. And then it starts working. Yeah. Here's go. Here's go. Will you let me go? Bismillah. No. <laughs> let me go. Sorry. At least I should have been in that movie. Click Click Bang Bang, a photography podcast, is produced by Meredith Schofield and Toby Farage. Hey, that's us. (laughs) It is us. And I also do the editing. And Mez, you look after the engineering side of things, I guess. Yeah, like sort of, yeah. (laughs) Sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And uh, there's a bunch of other people that have kind of helped us to get this thing up and away. Indeed. Like our amazing branding was designed by dingdingding.co, a.k.a. your better half, Tobes. Definitely my better half. And the fabulous music you're hearing in the background let's just have a little bit more of a listen there yeah that's mm. it composed by our good friend simon filiuzzi a legend so good how good is that music tobe so good so so good so good and look remember you can subscribe to this podcast everywhere yep send us your comments and ideas for the show and please don't forget to rate us it really helps others discover us you can check us on the socials at ccbb podcast we'll see you soon see ya (laughs) 